When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look at us. We're here again. It's Monday. It must be time for a drink. It must be time for some wrestling talk. It must be time for Lily and I and you all to join us for Grappy Hour. Lily, Hello. How are you? Uh, not too much. Uh, this is interesting to see your remote, which is kind of surreal for me. Um, and I kind of have a new setup going on as well. So please bear with us this week. It's going to be a good episode, but uh, you know we're dealing with some new technical things. I, this remote thing is only temporary for me. I uh, am just uh, away from my regular desk space for, for a little bit. It's uh, a nice escape and a nice change. But of course, I like uh, hanging out with y'all, talking about wrestling and uh, doing this stuff. So while my audio may be a little bit different, it's presumably not so bad, I've been told. So we'll uh, we'll bang it out as we usually do. We got a lot to talk about. We, we uh, Yeah, there was so so much wrestling on TV and what's funny is that you and I are basically like the stuff we talked about was like in the back half of the week. Uh-huh. Like the, there's, there's stuff from Dynamite, sure, but a lot of the the stuff that we're talking about is like Impact was on Thursday. They have a pay per view coming up this coming Sunday. There's the New Japan Windy City uh, Windy City Riot show that happened this past week. That's another thing that was like back half of the week. Battle of the Belts was this week. Rampage was on Friday. It's like a whole mishmash of stuff that like we sprinted to the end of the week. So like, what's the first thing on your mind? And of course, we're going to talk about your training. We can kick off with that or we could go and talk about the shows that we watched first. Um, I think we should talk about Battle of the Belts first, just because I think a lot of people are talking about it. And um, there was a lot of interesting things that did and or didn't happen. Um, I think I personally think Battle of the Belts. I mean, AEW is what, three years old now? Yep. Um, but it just seems like Battle of the Belts is kind of like Sammy's thing. Like a lot of these, like a lot of the wrestlers kind of have their own PPV and Battle of the Belts kind of seems to be like the Sammy show and Battle of the Belts just seems kind of cursed from a booking perspective because I think that, you know, there's a lot of good talent involved, but in terms of storytelling, in terms of everything developing, um, I think there were more misses than hits, but the one thing that I think took as my takeaway from battle of the belts was holy shit the nyla and thunder program actually surprised me um and i actually really liked that um story i really liked that match um and then the other obvious elephant in the room is sammy guevara and Mm -hmm. i think there's a lot to talk about there with uh his relation to lambert to ty to ethan so we got a lot to talk about absolutely i mean we can start right at that main event with thunder rosa and nyla rose uh, you and I kind of talked about the fact that Nyla Rose becomes every new champion's first official challenger and first official feud. The way that it was built wasn't exactly a favorite of most people's. There were some good comedy moments like this past Wednesday on Dynamite with I like cake and I like violence. And like Nyla is such a personable human and such a wonderful person that I think people are starting to also see that there is value in Nyla Rose the good person, like the 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 good wrestler, the face, whatever you want to call them. Um, and then with, with Thunder Rosa, like it's time to make Thunder Rosa's championship 
rain um, mean a little bit more. And this was maybe the first way to, to start and kickstart it. But I feel like this match delivered as it would have, the build just left a lot to be desired. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think that it kind of came out of nowhere and everywhere at the same time, because like you said, it's always Nyla is like the first obstacle, right? Um, and I think uh, she she's naturally funny. She has like a comedy side to her character always, even though she is a heel. Um, but we're kind of seeing this new side of her character with the new gear, with the new hair, a little bit more color, a little bit more glam. So yeah, maybe she's turning face and maybe Thunder is just so pissed off that no one's respecting her grind that she goes um, full heel, starts cheating to win and doing all types of fucky shit with other uh, with other wrestlers. I think that could be interesting. But I mean, we've talked about this week over week. I think that there are a lot of issues with the women themselves like pushing plot lines, pushing their development as well. Because I think a lot of people assume that Tony Khan has some like personal vendetta against women and has like meetings being like, I am going to terribly book this and I hate all women, which is not true. And I mean, yes, a lot of the bookings are kind of dog shit at times, but at the end of the day, it's up to the performers as well. And Nyla, Thunder, Brit, anyone who's doing these segments on TV, you can't, you have to work that out. These are actors, these are performers. So if you're not developing your own story, if you're not developing your own character, your moveset, what you want to be doing with things, then you're kind of like do the same things over and over again. Um, and we'll get to impact later. But I personally think right now when it comes to women in wrestling, impact is the best in terms of how women are presented, how they're written, how they wrestle um, and just the whole experience of watching women in ring. Um yeah. And that's not to say that AEW doesn't have talented women. I mean, holy shit. Yes, they do. But it's the way in which they take a character and kind of run and or don't run with it that is starting to really frustrate me. There's a lot of slow burn with AEW, for better or worse. And sometimes it plays out perfectly. And sometimes it just, it, felt, it feels like they're just waiting for something. And what that is, sometimes it feels like they don't even know. Uh, at the same time, when we're talking about the Impact Women's Division, you're right. And that's very much a return to form for Impact because they had spent so much time in the late 2000s trying to get their women's division, their knockouts division, uh, as like a featured act on their show. And mm -hmm. now that it's come back to prominence, I think it's really important for them. And we'll talk about it when we talk about Impact later on. I think it's really important for them to continue uh, to emphasize their knockouts division and the women that compete there. Uh, as it pertains to to thunder rosa i mean i don't want to turn her anywhere I, I want her to stay that white meat baby face i think she has everything there to continue to be that star that people want to get behind and cheer for because of the way that she carries herself because of the way she promos and also because of the way that she um that she loves wrestling and really puts it out into the world, how much she's passionate about wrestling and respects the business and so on and so forth. You can't hate someone like that. Uh, whereas with Nyla, one thing that I liked in the, in the match was how they made reference to the fact that Vicky Guerrero was not there. Mm -hmm. And if that's going to play into Nyla Rose getting rid of Vicky Guerrero and starting a face turn of her own, then guess what? I'm all for it. Three years in, Nyla Rose has been this dominant beast heel of a woman I'm ready to see a different side of Nyla Rose where just like Awesome Kong back in the day, this this person who is much you know larger than the competition 
having a much larger personality to accentuate the character. And I think that's where we're going to go next. And I'm fine with that moving forward, but we have to start that now. Yeah, I um I don't understand why they're waiting for so long just to move Vicky onto somewhere else or somewhere else because Nyla doesn't need her at this point. And it's very funny you bring up Kong because her new gear and her new braids and her new hair are so similar to uh, Kong on, I believe, TNA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, Karma in WWE for a short amount of time. Same time frame, but yes. So I don't know if that was purposeful or just a coincidence um, or a little bit of both, but I was just like, holy shit, this is, um, this is really good. And I also know that Nyla recently, <clears throat> I forget who the interview was with, maybe it was Fightful, I don't know, um, said that she's going to be in this business until her last breath. And um, I love that <clears throat> because even if you look at some of these other um, like older and or bigger women wrestlers, they're still they're still banging in Japan. They're still banging in Mexico. They're still banging in the States and Canada. So um, like I was saying earlier, if you're able to like really connect with your character and continue to like build it, then you're a star. And I think Nyla definitely has that star quality. And so does Thunder. But my big issue with Thunder and um, I I would I hate saying this, but when it comes to her promo game, it's it's rough. It's really rough and it's very one note. They haven't given her much to work with though since mm. winning the AW Women's Championship. When I see Thunder Rosa in different companies, they're letting her kind of do her own thing and say her own thing. Warrior Wrestling is a good example of that. Mm -hmm. And you can see, again, the passion that she brings to it. I agree. Sometimes it can be one note, but it could be time for Thunder Rosa to start accentuating different parts of her uh, of her own character. By the way, it was Grapsity Podcast here on Fightful that uh, Nyla Rose said that she would be doing this until her dying breath. She's all over the place, and she was on, on Grapsity this past week. Thank you for pointing that out, chat. You're absolutely right. Uh, as it, let's move on. We can keep going because I think like we've talked this uh, a good amount with Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose where mm -hmm. we want it to go. But um, I think we both agree the match itself was was a really really good match, a strong main event for Battle of the Belts. Um, what did you think of the Ring of Honor Championship match between Gresham and Dalton Castle? Have you watched these guys work before? Is this something? that you were into? Like, what did you think of the match overall and, and the Ring of Honor presence on the AW show? Well, let me first start off by saying I'm a huge Dalton Castle fan and apologist. I love him. I love the boys. I love the peacock. I love the dramedy of it all. Um, Gresham is probably one of, if not the best technical wrestler right now. Um, undeniably talented human being. However, his style of like storytelling with wrestling is not my personal favorite. However, Bookings and matchups are also super important in wrestling, right? So when you take this larger than life, almost like Pavarotti drag queen persona, like Dalton Castle, and you put it with a super serious, almost like old school, like Rocky movie level rest technical wrestler, it creates this awesome matchup. Um, and normally I, I'm kind of like, okay, here we go. It's another like very technical Jonathan Gresham match and we know where it's going to go. Um, but they used comedy and they used each other so well and having like the boys run around the ring kind of cheering him on was awesome. And as everyone who watches the show knows, I love um, Joshi wrestling and DDT and a lot of Puro stuff. Um, and it kind of gave 
me kind of like DDT, like comedy Japan uh, moments uh, during that match. So I loved it. Um, I think that, you know, companies need to be kind of careful when they like mesh promotion. So you don't want to do it too much, but you don't want to not do it, but loved it. Yeah, the match itself was fun. I agree with you having a little bit of comedy and levity in, in a Ring of Honor championship match, especially with Dalton Castle. It works. It's fun, uh, especially when you have Jonathan Gresham, who is this super serious, going to stretch you, going to have a very technical match. To have Castle come in and have a completely different style of match and a different style of matchup. I, I think it was highly enjoyable. And for people who maybe don't watch Ring of Honor or don't know the background of Ring of Honor, this is a pretty good taster. Those who were into Dalton Castle or those who were looking for uh, a taster to Jonathan Gresham, they got it, which was great. <clears throat> the, the, the best part of this match to me was actually the post-match shenanigans. And that was seeing Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh come back down to the ring after what we saw happen on Wednesday when they debuted Satnam Singh. And everyone was, um, well, not everyone, but I think a lot of people were let down by the, mm -hmm. uh, by the debut of Satnam Singh. I get it. The lights on, lights off thing. And there's been some remorse on, on TK's part and just some explaining of why the decision was made. Sure. Okay, I get it. But uh, to see Satnam Singh come out and you're talking about DDT spots, him coming out and just like using a chokeslam and knocking out all the boys at ringside, catching Dalton Castle in midair and chokeslamming him on the ground, going into the ring and doing that whole like bouncing Gresham's head off the mat like a basketball. That was kind of a, a kind of comedic while also showing that he is a big man. And I was I was a fan of that. I don't know how you felt about Satnam Singh not only at Battle of the Bells, but also his debut. Do you have any anything to add to all that madness? Um, I agree and disagree with like what you just said. I think that um, Tony Khan has an issue of like repeating things, like doing the lights out thing, making announcements about announcements about announcements, things like this. Which, if you do too much, it kind of like it kind of takes the allure away a little bit. So there were kind of two things going on with his debut, right? Because you just had Minoru Suzuki and Samoa Joe beat the shit out of each other and have an incredible match. One of my favorites of the past couple of months. Very fun match. Um, and then the lights go out and the segment happens. And I think a lot of people were like, oh, like this ruined the Minoru thing. But it was almost like two different um, like segments. And I don't think that the Singh, uh, is that his name? I don't want to say his name. Satin Singh. Yeah, so um, Satnam Singh, his segment was different than Minoru's, so I still think that it didn't take away from the Samoa Joe Minoru thing, which a lot of people were, like, bitching about. But I think that it wasn't the best way to debut it, but then I was thinking from, like, a production standpoint, how are you going to, like, hide someone that looks like that to bring them out? Like, that's probably the best way to do it, right? So, yes and no. There, there are other ways that you could do it. Um, there are people who were pitching the idea of having him come out through the through the from the back or if, not through the ring but from the uh, the side kind of like where where Moxley comes from yeah um I don't want to explain how the arena works but uh if you if you know where the where the ramp is going down to the ring there's another ramp if you're in the arena that's at the hard camera side it's not a ramp but it's this long walkway 
where production can run back and forth and do whatever they need to do. Uh, and that's where you can kind of bring guys through and have them run through the crowd without getting noticed, jump the guardrail from behind, and then make their debut. Lights on, lights off kind of messes with that. But that's mm -hmm. that's actually how he got to the ring anyway, was running down that production aisle, going through the crowd, and then jumping the barricade. And then getting, unless he was under the ring the whole time, which I highly doubt. But they could have done it without the lights on, lights off. And that's it. But having Suzuki drop the title to Joe, it made sense because oh, Joe sure. is signed to the company. It made sense because Joe was a, you know, really had his time in Ring of Honor. It made perfect sense there. Uh, and for Suzuki to kind of just drop it and then walk oh, out, ow. kind of felt like a Minoru Suzuki type of thing to do. That's how he, he leaves every match. Of, yeah, he just, he left the ring. He lost the match. People are not necessarily used to watching Minoru Suzuki lose, which is fine by me. As long as he'll come back later, and he will. That's just the way it is. And that's like the good thing about losses in wrestling. Like almost 95% of the time, a loss means I'm coming back for more blood, right? So if Minoru's coming back for more blood, I am tuning in. I don't care where it is. And we'll get to his match uh, at Windy City later because, oh boy, that was uh, just more murder grandpa violence. But um, I think that match went 18 minutes and it was in intense. Yeah, it was. By the way, speaking of intense, you can uh, leave a thumbs up on this video while y'all are hanging out with us here. Grappy yeah. Hour always helps us. Share it along with your friends. Tell them about the show. And uh, if you want to donate a super chat, you're more than welcome to. We'll read your question, your statement on the air. And uh, on top of that, uh, it helps support us here at Fightful Overbook because we are self-funded. Self-sufficient, self-funded. You get what I'm saying. That's a new uh, word. Yes, I, I use the word self-funded now. All right. I guess we have to talk about the opening contest from Battle of the Belts. Oh, it's snowing about. now. Sorry, I'm distracted by a snowstorm <laughs> that just came out of absolutely goddamn nowhere. So before the show, I was telling you, so we're, we're about 30, 40 minutes apart by drive right now. Normally we're closer. And uh, next thing shit. you know, I'm saying it's snowing here. And Lily's like, no, it's not snowing where I am, but it's been snowing where I've been for the last hour. So you're just catching oh. up. Good stuff. <laughs> Anyway, let's talk about uh, the, the TNT title match. Let's talk about Sammy Guevara taking on Scorpio Sky and just the overall, God, the everything. That was that was a lot. There was a lot going on in this match, a lot going on after this match, a lot of feelings, a lot of uh, Sammy wins, now what? And what are your thoughts coming out of this? We have a new TNT champion. His name is Sammy Guevara for the third time. And he kisses his girlfriend in the video, in the, in the picture. So clearly... Clearly there's something ahead, right? Got to be something, a turn of some sorts, right? Has to be. Well, let me just start by being positive because there's just so much negative to say here. Let's give a huge like pat on the back for Ethan Page because holy shit, that was such a good promo. Like after, I don't know if it was aired, but they did like one of those like exclusive scenes on the uh, AEW uh, YouTube and I think that they could have cut it a little bit, but that promo was amazing, man. Um, yes. I really, I really want to see um, American Top Team just like disappear and turn into something else. Um, I don't think that Ethan or Scorpio even need to be together. Um, I think that they could both just like go for the TNT belt on their own or go for the championship belt on their own. I think that, um, you know, because Cody left kind of abruptly um there was a lot of plot lines left over with him and brody uh brody with him and uh, brandy um 
And because they left, they were kind of like, oh, shit, like, what do we do with all this stuff? And to me, it kind of just seems like leftover recycling Cody Brandy kind of plot line stuff that they kind of just have to wrap up because of logistics with other talent, with other plot lines, touring, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, I mean, hopefully it doesn't last too long. Hopefully we see Miro come back, you goddamn cowards. Bring Miro back. Um, even having Andrade get the TNT belt would be interesting. Um, get it back on Darby. Um, there's a lot of cool things that could happen, but holy shit, like Sammy Guevara is um, so problematic for so many reasons. And um, I don't see him really like improving or learning lessons um, as a performer, as a wrestler, as a human being. Um, and I'm just not a fan. I'm not a fan of Sammy. And I also think that Ty Conti is one of the more talented uh, women in AEW. And this just like devalues her completely. So I will say this with the context of the TNT title, um, putting it on Sammy, it does open up a few different doors that maybe the Scorpio story would not have been as strong. You brought up Miro. Miro's a good, a good shot if he ever finishes filming whatever he's supposedly filming. Um, you have uh, Andrade and Darby Allen. They have a coffin match this Wednesday oh. on Dynamite. And you can have the winner of that match start looking at the TNT title and going mm -hmm. against Sammy. Darby and Sammy again, sure, we've gone to the well a bunch of times with that, but the match is good. I mm -hmm. would love to see Andrade start his climb towards taking out Sammy. And why not have Andrade versus Sammy as a one-on-one -on -one match? Have they, They've done one-on-one, -on -one, haven't they? But, I, uh, I believe so. I believe so. I, I can't remember sometimes. I'm sure chat's going to tell me they have. Either way, I would love to see Andrade maybe get the next in line for the TNT title. But I, I also want to feel the TNT title uh, mean a little bit more because this recent, you know, basically it felt like Cody uh, leaving kind of threw plans in the air. And I don't want to say messed everything up because that's a little too extreme. But I think it just kind of changed the plans and what they maybe wanted to do. Um, I mentioned this on Tim and Joel pod that, you know, if Tony has a plan for the first four champions for the AEW world title and then the first, the next four as well, where are, where's the same consistency for the TNT title? Is it there? Did it get messed up because of Cody? What is the deal? Where are we going? Because right now it feels like we're not going anywhere. It feels well, it's like, like the value of the stock is like going like this too, right? It's like, Ooh. yeah. Plus it was kind of like, we hit it on the head. Scorpio sky has been undefeated for 402 days or he's unbeaten in 402 days. That's great. Then you beat them and they didn't really do much about it other than mm -hmm. you know here comes Paige Van Sant and it, it didn't feel like there was enough about it, it wasn't about Scorpio it was about Ethan Page and and Paige Van Sant versus Sammy and Ty well even even the um, American top team stuff like I love a spicy like contrarian promo from Dan Lambert when it's done right which it rarely is let's be let's be real but that whole plot line is just like such a mess. Paige Van Zandt's better than that. Ethan Page is better than that. Um, Scorpio Sky is better than that. Ty Conti is better than that. Like it's, and and like I said, I feel like Cody leaving kind of forced, yeah, like forced certain plot lines to continue that like maybe shouldn't have even started in the first place. And you know when you have so many moving parts like you do in AEW or any promotion. It's not like you can just be like, okay, let's like cut this. You have to like make things connect to each other through other stories, through other bookings. So everything else doesn't fall apart. Um, I mean, Sammy, 
as a face or a heel doesn't make sense, but I could see <clears throat> Ethan Page and or Scorpio going either way. So maybe they just stop being assholes, right? How do you book a Sammy and Taya? Sorry, Ty, not Taya. How do you book Sammy and Ty Conchi versus Ethan Page and Paige Van Zant, knowing that both sides, like people are going to cheer Ethan Page over this. They have to, mm -hmm. right? Like he, he's he's so good, you can't help but like him. I don't know how you book something like that. Yeah. And even I, Paige, it's like, what's your story? You're just like the chick that randomly comes in and like does what? Well, like, what's your she's, story? She's going to be the MMA badass who had enough of whatever wrestling divas are doing. And that's going to be her whole thing. Like Ronda you know? Rousey right now? I, I mean, in some ways, maybe. But I don't know. I, I look forward to seeing what she says, you know, Maybe this Wednesday on Dynamite or maybe on Rampage, whatever it is. Uh, let's get to a quick super chat from Ryan Sullivan. Thank you. Said I said this in the normal chat, but it deserves a super chat. Joel looks like Eldon Henson. He played Fulton in the Mighty Ducks and Foggy in Daredevil. Now That's I a deep cut. Up. That's it, a deep that cut. is a deep cut. I'm going to have to yeah. look that up soon enough. But um, thank you for the super chat. Y'all can donate a super chat down below. It's that little dollar sign gimmick. And uh, we'll continue to. Uh, we'll continue Joel to needs diet soda funds. Yes, I need that right now. It's ginger ale. Very nice. Simple. It's medicine. That's medicine. I'm actually we forgot to talk about our drinks, but I'm oh, yeah. what are you uh, drinking? um this um this edible drink. It's actually really good. I gave one to RVD the other week, and he didn't want anyone's shit except for this. So this is now Lily and RVD approved. Only available in Ontario, Canada. And it's and, delicious. And he downed one of those things too. Right before his match, I was like, he can handle it. Like he can yeah. handle it. Watched him stretch himself out because he was so loose after drinking that whole can. He was well, then gone. when we were leaving, when we were leaving, Decker was like, bye. And he was like covered in blood from this death match. And I was like, bye. Oh, it was so funny. I he, <laughs> I don't know if I told you this, but like as we were leaving the backstage after we did the interviews, he like he was coming by us. Right. So he like tapped me on the arm just like to, to say thanks. And I was like, buddy, you're covered in blood. I don't matter right now. Like, go get yourself looked at. Yeah, he had his little like stitches on and everything. It was it was pretty funny. It's very funny. Very, very out of the blue, just like surreal moment. Good stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh Ryan with another super chat. Thank you. Says wrestling super chat. I get wanting Paige Van Zandt for a crossover, but man, she does not fit with those two exactly. guys at all. I, I agree with you. And again, it's up to Tony Khan, it's up to Dan Lambert because I'm sure and he's going to play in this and Paige Van Zandt to make yeah. themselves work as a cohesive unit. The only connector to Paige Van Zandt and Dan Lambert is the fact that she trains MMA and is a part mm -hmm. of the American Top Team, and so is her husband. But her husband's not the one wrestling. Right? So, anyway. I'm excited to see what they do with the TNT title. I think they finally have to start leveling out and figuring out who's next or what's next. And do you give Sammy the title for a long time now? Because they've gone back and forth a whole bunch of times. They've hot potatoed it quite a few times now. I think the last two or three title changes. We should just call it the hot potato belt. I think that they should just change the title. No more TNT. Find like there must be a, a potato conglomerate that they can get as a sponsorship and just call it the hot potato belt. And every week it passes. It has to pass each and every single week. The McCain hot potato belt. Oh, my God. They're going to go to Idaho for the first time and they're going to find yes, a sponsor they are. and they're going to call it the hot potato title. Bring back the Cracker Barrel match. Do you remember that? They had a literal sponsored barrel spot. That was the most incredible thing I've ever seen on television. <laughs> and they couldn't get the stupid barrel out of the ring. I know. And the biscuits <laughs> caused so much chaos on the... Oh, oh man. God. That's why you don't want to do that. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's talk training. What the hell are you doing? You're all bruised up and all mangled up. What's going on? 
Um, so, whoa, 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 whoa. My instructor is really into Scott Hall and Brett. So we're learning and uh, Regal. So we're kind of learning like that. Okay. And when I say and when I say learning like that, I mean insanely intense warm ups where most of the dudes are like dying by the end of it. But I'm not because I power lift and do cardio. Um, and then we do hold to hold for like as long as we want. And uh, we started moving just from like your basic like lockups and wrist control. And now we're going into takeovers and rolling off the ropes and shit. So um, things are quickly progressing and getting super real um, and it's fine now, I think. Yeah, but I um, I was doing a tiger roll off the second rope, and you're actually not supposed to land with your full weight onto your um, elbow. You're not supposed to do that. Probably not a good idea. But I did, um, and I instant <laughs> I instantly was like, oh man, this is gonna suck. And like for the rest of the class, I could just feel it like kind of throbbing, and I and like everyone was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm really like to be quite honest, like pretty reckless with myself. But like the biggest fear I have in wrestling is like the last thing I ever want to happen is to hurt whoever I'm working with. I don't care if I break my face, a leg, an arm, an eye, whatever. But if I hurt whoever I'm working with, I would be sick to my stomach. So um, I'm kind of happy to be working with kind of like rougher men because it kind of is like making me be really aware of my body and my limits really fast. And I'm kind of finding like what styles I'm into and what styles I'm not into. Um, and it's really cool. And I definitely have goals now to um, get in a match or two or however many. And it's, it's amazing to have access to like wrestling in Toronto because I've talked to like Santino Morelli and like Chris Chambers and like, um, like some uh, some of these other people um, like that have performed on AEW, like about specific advice about recovery or whatever. And everyone's super nice. Like this business is just about kind of like being yourself and asking questions. And there's always going to be assholes. But um, yeah, wrestlers are really cool. And learning how to wrestle is really cool. Um, and if you are able-bodied enough to, you know, get to a school and try it, I and you are a fan, like I... I can't recommend it enough because like week over week, it's, it's totally changing my perspective on, I, I think it is a sport. I mean, it's combat theater, but it's, it's so athletic and it, 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 it is a sport in a way. And it's a sport that I think anyone can do. You just kind of have to fucking do it. It's uh, it's funny. Cause my, my partner and I, we talked about this the other day. She's not a big wrestling fan. Clearly, I talk about it a lot, uh, and I am. She doesn't necessarily see it as as a sport, and I understand why. Because at the end of the day, the outcome is predetermined, and in a mm -hmm. sport, you are your win loss record is what really dictate what a sport is. We both agree that the athleticism is there, the acrobatics are there. It has everything that is involved in um, in exertion and exercise, and and the sports aspect but it's not a sport because the entertainment factor is there and mm. you're trying to do everything you can to make the hurt look believable and to make it seem like you're injuring each other when in reality we know what wrestling is right can it happen injuries can happen but we're not mm. out there trying to beat the shit out of each other to the point where we break a limb or we cause each other to bleed we're trying to put on the most accurate simulated and fight and safe simulated yeah. fight that we can that ends with a, a winner that's already been predetermined 
I think that's the hardest part about discussing whether or not it's sport, sports entertainment, a little bit of both, a little bit of neither. It's uh, it's something that I find interesting when we talk about uh, your training and like how you feel about it, because clearly there's no right way to feel about wrestling or how your um, your opinions shift based on the work that you do. It's important. And it also, it not only shifts how I feel about myself, but also about like performers I watch because, you know, before I started um, taking classes, I would be pretty loose lipped with talking shit on performers. But um, now that I've kind of seen what it takes to even do like two minute matches, it's like, bro. Yeah. It's insane. It's, it's insane. And to your point, like, I think it was William Regal or someone else, but they were like, I'm not trying to, like, uh, what did he say? He's like, I'm not trying to kill you. I'm trying to, like, hurt you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that's the thing. I think a lot of people assume, oh, I can do two to four minutes in the ring. But no, that takes it takes cardio. Doing it for 20. 20- Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Five minutes plus, that is some elite shit. And I will never, I will never talk shit about Go it. Go do six somersaults. Like like. yeah, Go do yeah. six somersaults front, then back, then side to side in a bouncy ring and get dropped on your head and jump off ropes and run. Like running the ropes is actually one of the. Yeah, I think that's probably the most exhausting um, like drill we do is like we have to run the ropes like 10 times back and forth, um, like full, like at your full speed, which everyone has a different speed. And you learn a lot about like the mechanics of matches too, right? Like let's say you and me were running ropes. I would assume that, you know, you would probably run a little bit slower than me. So you would be the person setting the pace. So if you're running fast, I'm running fast. If you're going slow, I'm going slow. And if you don't, you're going to clothesline each other and you can break your nose break your shoulder like whatever um so there's so much trust and um it's just such a great group of people um at super kicked um i'm guess i'm doing free promo for them but like i highly i highly recommend um trying a drop-in class at super kicked or baa um those are like the local schools in toronto and just research like see See what your local schools are. And even if you don't want to wrestle, they usually put on a lot of student shows and like local events. So even if you're like, oh, I like WWE or AEW or New Japan or Impact and I can't afford to like fly out to fucking Chicago, go check out some local indie wrestling and you'll be pleasantly surprised. And even if you don't want to get in ring because it's for crazy people, like I'm a crazy person, um, just support indie wrestling like always because at the end of the day that's how everyone starts it's the same thing yeah. in music you don't play uh webster hall before playing like sneaky d's or whatever so yeah baa by the way for those who are wondering is battle arts academy in mississauga that is uh santina morella slash anthony corelli's uh that's that's his program that's his place so if anyone's looking at, at other places other than Superkick, there are plenty, but BAA that Lily's talking about is Battle Arts Academy. You want to yeah. move on? You want to talk about some more wrestling? Yeah, I mean, that's what we do. That's right. I want people to leave a thumbs up on this video, by the way, if you have better, or I'm going to come and punch you. That's right. Lily can Respectively. She is, she is actually allowed to come and punch you if you don't leave a thumbs up on this video. So let's move forward. Um, how about Rampage? What do you think about Twin Magic? 
what do you think about the Renegade twins and Ruby Soho? What, what was your feeling about the way that match played out? Ruby getting the win, the Owen Hart Foundation tournament kind of getting its wheels spinning. What, what did you think of that match? Okay, well, first of all, the Owen Hart, whatever it is, is I wouldn't say it's a mess, but it's just like the way that it's organized, the way that it came out of nowhere, the piss poor graphics, the random bookings are just so strange. And I actually like this match quite a bit. I really like the Renegade Twins. I like the Bella Twins kind of spot they did. Um, that was like some real carny shit, um, like switching the Twins back and forth. I think they should run with that. I think that they could do that bit um, like on the regular Schmegular. Um, and it would be really fun. And it would create a lot of like, oh shit moments in matches, right? Um, Ruby is a very interesting woman for a lot of reasons, but one being that she has um, worked in so many promotions from like your Beyond Wrestling, GCWs, all the way to like the Fed, right? So she's probably learned wrestling and trained with like, honestly, probably hundreds of people throughout her life. Um, and when you do that, I personally think that it kind of muddies like your, your style. So I think that Ruby's an amazing wrestler, but I think that she has a lot of unlearning from the fed to do because i see her kind of going through the motions sometimes in her matches um but the finisher that she did on this was way better i really wasn't liking that like spin kick that she just can't land properly she's also really tiny right so like if you're gonna do a kick move it looks way better if you're like a bigger woman like even like me who's not super big but i have muscles so if i'm gonna kick someone in the chest they're probably going down but if it's someone like riho or Ru like uh, ruby kicking you i'd be like okay um you know what i mean so i, I think yeah. i think that ruby um you know she just has to like she doesn't have to do anything she can do whatever the hell she wants but uh she just has to unlearn i think things that uh are with wwe style wrestling versus aew style wrestling because she has it all she's got the look the crowd eats her up she you know love like the tank girl kind of like spunky person but she's not a heel she's still a face I like everything she's doing, but I just see that she's kind of like, like a little squirrely in the ring. And I want to see kind of like a cleaner move set from her. It's really interesting that you bring up, you know, the idea that some of these wrestlers have to unlearn maybe what they had in WWE, what WWE taught them as they come into AEW. And I like this. I, I, I was just thinking about this. Is there a possibility that some of these wrestlers who are coming in from WWE to AEW are getting um, similar but different presentations. And as a result, they feel like because they've got the big cheer, they're automatically recognizable because of WWE. Therefore, what they learn in WWE is what the fans want to see from them. Mm. And it's not necessarily about changing their style. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm more wondering if that is something that maybe uh, people like Ruby Soho are, are kind of working through their brain as they get mm. acclimated to a different style of wrestling because the WWE women's style is different from the AEW women's style, which is different mm -hmm. from Mission Pro, GCW, so on and so forth. And uh, I, I would like to see whether or not that is part of their mindset growing into the roles that they have in the companies that they're working for. And by the way, I'm seeing it in the chat. They're talking about, you know, Ruby could have two finishers. It's true. And the Blade Runner, the one that she's doing now, is, is a really good finisher for her size. I agree with you on that. It's a DDT into the goddamn mat. Like you're not getting out of that versus a kick that like barely lands. Like, I mean. Sometimes, sometimes she gets it. It's a tough, listen, sometimes it's just tough to make it look good. I've seen way I've, too much daylight and kicks sometimes. I've been, I've been taught that if you can't 
a hundred percent land the move you're going to do, especially if it's your finisher, just don't do it. Yeah. That, and it has just to be do done. You have to be able to do it on everybody. Those yeah. are like the, the two cardinal rules when it comes to those finishing maneuvers. And you're right. And that's what you learned. And that's the way it is. Sometimes you hit it. Sometimes you don't. And I think maybe, I don't, I don't know, regardless the way she did it, the blade runner works for me. Oh, I love that finish actually a lot. Yeah. So that was good stuff. I, mm -hmm. I, I like seeing Ruby Soho back on my screen. I like seeing her wrestle. I like that mm -hmm. she can teach some of the younger talent like the Renegade sisters and the, Rene the Renegade, Renegade twins uh, different styles and, and give them a little bit more a uh, little bit more reps on TV. I like that. And clearly they're doing well at Nightmare Factory on the Indies too. They've been training with Thunder. Um, I think they trained with Dustin for a bit and, a, and some other people as well. So um, they clearly really love the industry and they're having a lot of fun. One thing I would like to comment on about the Renegade Twins is that I'm not too sure about them as characters with their choices of like gear and clothing. Um, like I get that they're like the bad girls and they're twins, so they like dress similar. But um, I'd like to see just like a little bit more like detail and development with what they're wearing because it, it does kind of look like street clothes, which could tell a story. But I don't, I don't see the story there yet, and I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah, I think we're still very early days because that yeah. whole the, the twins thing was was very new. I hadn't seen that in AW with these two, with the Renegade twins. Yeah. I would like to see them do more of that. Um, yeah. I didn't love the fact that the twin magic, as they call it, uh, didn't win the match for them. Mm -hmm. But I think that they will eventually start using it to win matches and, you know, assert a little bit of dominance in the women's division, maybe get themselves into, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do a women's tag team thing again. But if they did, I would like to see those two dominate the women's tag team division that maybe gets set up down the line. And I just, I hope Riho's recovering well. I really want to see Riho back and Yuka as well. Um, there's yep. so much Japanese talent, Joshi talent. Um, and we might see some of that because of this new DDT, New Japan deal as well. Um, I'm looking at the other notes from these uh, these AEW shows. Like the MJF Wardlow program was awesome. I really like that with Sean Dean. Um, the Texas death match was a Texas death match. I like the, like, the little uh, ECW nod. Um, what do you what do you mean the ECW nod? Don't you mean the nod to Easter because the the crown? <laughs> I'm a Jew, so what do so I know? Am right? I. It works yeah. better. It works better when we can talk about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, enough people got their jokes off on that. Listen, that was a good match. I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed the mm -hmm. Texas Death Match. I just I'm ready for them to not give me another Texas Death Match for at least a year, maybe. Do a bunkhouse bat. Do a bunkhouse again, bro. Give me a bunkhouse brawl. Sure, why not? Yeah. Make that the Dustin match. I don't care. Just no more Texas death matches. Thank Leave you. them away for Thank a little you. bit. It doesn't need to happen again. I think we're ready for something different. You can just call it something different. I don't care what it is. But anyway, that was... And it's like every time we're in Texas, it's like, bro, like do a street fight. Do something else. Anything. A train match. They did a train match in DDT. You should all check out recently. I'm not joking. Oh, that's true. Yes, go watch that. I'm sure you can mm -hmm. find it on YouTube or Daily Motion somewhere around there. Let's uh, let's talk New Japan, and then we can talk about Impact and get sure. out of here. So, yeah. um, I, I, the thumbnail in the video talks about Moxley, John Moxley being the new ace of professional wrestling. I want you to go off on that. I will. So, I'll, I'll go back to Rampage for a second. You've got the Blackpool Combat Club, and they took on the Gun Club, and of course, Mox is part of that, uh, part of, of Blackpool Combat Club or the Blackpool Country Club, as I like to call them, and. You know, they're just they're really they're really nice boys. Anyway, the match was great, and I'm enjoying seeing Moxley 
being the bloodthirsty teacher for Wheeler Yuta. And I like that. That's one side of Mox. Since coming back, he's dominant. He is making himself known to be a competitor in AEW again. But on top of that, he's holding the BCW World Championship and actively defending it. He has appeared for New Japan Pro Wrestling multiple times, including at the Windy City Riot Show. He's been around multiple independents and making those towns and making those dates. And on top of it, he is doing the father gig. He's still, you know, he's still and a husband. And, and he's still husband being a husband. He's still being a husband and a father. And he has making towns and really working at a top tier level post um, sobriety or, or with his sobriety, I should say. And Not with rehab too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Post rehab is really what it yeah. is. And, and working with sobriety. Um, I, and I think a lot of that makes Moxley a candidate for being a big time ace in professional wrestling. Hmm because of where he has been working. And of course, people were talking this past couple of weeks, you know, what happens when Mox's contract is up with AEW? Does he sign? Does he return? Does he go back to WWE? And Mox he does whatever like, he wants. He does what he wants. And that's great. And that's really, that's the sign of someone who knows what they're doing in this business and not just trying to go somewhere else to get what they want. Mox knows what he wants. Whatever it is. But also again, yeah. like, and that's not a, that's not a, a shot at Cody because I think, Cody's uh, advantage to going back to WWE was very much about getting um, larger media expansion and uh, what's the word <laughs> experience and, uh, and and opportunities. Whereas Mox, he is he's a wrestler through and through. Cody's character makes more sense in uh, WWE, in my opinion, as well. The entrance, yeah. the costume, the story—it just makes so much more sense with that product. So. Um, I can understand why he was kind of like going through the motions, like being like, should I stay? Should I go? For sure. Yeah. So this this is going to be even more important in June because like they're pointing out in the chat, at the end of the New Japan Windy City show, Moxley called out Hiroshi Tanahashi. Tanahashi is, of course, known as the ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So the Capital Collision show is coming up. That's going to be in Washington, D.C. Um, and if Mox defeats... Tanahashi, there's really an opportunity to call him the ace and an opportunity to have him go on a bigger tear in New Japan Pro Wrestling and, and show the world that he is continuing to build his resume as, as the guy. And like at this Windy City um, event that just happened, he kind of brought back the Death Rider character too, right? So it never really left. He just he's yeah. never he's never had it in New Japan. Unless, mm. or sorry, he's never had an AEW unless it had mm. New Japan connotations. It was always like a, a division of characters, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I, as long as they kind of marry the two together when the two companies work together, uh, then that's that's really important to me as a fan. Uh, other people might be like, I don't care as long as he's there and doing his thing. And and it does make sense because you know Moxley seems to be very in control of his contracts and like what he does and doesn't do. Um, and maybe he did work out something where he's like, you know, I'm going to be wrestling for X amount of years. These are the contracts and near the end of my career or near the beginning of the end of my career, I do want to focus a lot more on, you know, Japanese matches and my go back to my Japanese roots and work. And let's not forget that Mr. Hangman Adam Page is also a big deal in Japan as well. And he we really saw that come. That was a very uh, Puro style match, that Texas death match. It was hard strikes, fast pace, like very, very like New Japan kind of uh, feel to it. Um, 
but going back to mox my only concern because i really don't have too much to add to what you're saying because i do agree with it and i think it's it's a huge possibility is that he is a father he is a recovering addict he he is a husband and these matches he's doing are no no joke these aren't like wwe like jackass promo matches these are like Hard first hitting. of all, hold on. Put some respect on that match. That was a damn good match for Sam. Oh, Zane it was John. great, Not... but it was silly. It was very <laughs> silly. Yes, it was silly. I know what you're saying. You're saying yeah. he, his presentation is very serious in wrestling. Yeah, and like this this Wendy City um, match, like I just rewatched it today because it was such a crazy card and fight was all fucky and blah, blah, blah. Um, it was so bad. Fight and they're not wrestling. issuing refunds. Like one of my friends hit them up and they're like, email us. He emailed them and then they just like ghosted him. Yo, that's not good. If that if that's what's going on, I not a fan. It's like thriller I, all over again. <laughs> I didn't I, I haven't heard any experiences. I, I listened to the weekender with Steven Jensen on FIFO Select and he went off on fight, rightfully so, because for those who were looking for the English commentary, they you weren't to able now. to hear. Yeah. yeah, you gotta wait till the VOD. And like Kevin Kelly and Matt Raywalt are a good a good tag team when it comes to commentary. And if mm -hmm. you don't if you rely on English commentary like I do to accentuate the matches in the story and you don't get that and you're stuck watching not stuck but you're watching the, the japanese commentary which is different that you can you can feel the emotion but you can't understand it um that's mm. tough and you should you deserve a refund if the product that you paid for did not provide you the services rendered and um the way that the licensing is kind of split with new japan in the states and outside of the states is that um english speakers will not be able to actually get um, the new Japan HD English subtitle stream for a while, I think till May. So it's wow. now on fight. It's now on fight to like do the right thing, figure it out and like re dub it or sub it or whatever, which I don't think they're going to do. They're just, it seems allegedly, allegedly put allegedly there. It seems like they're just going to be like, Whoa, not our fault. Jeez. Um, but what you did see from the show from Windy City oh riots. Oh my! Oh, I saw it all. I just watched it um, oh, you in did. original you language. The Japanese. And okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was actually gonna say that I personally like. I would love to learn some basic conversational and like casual Japanese, just so because I love Gato Move slash Choco Pro, all that stuff. So I would like to learn like little, like not even like oh I know Japanese, but like little even words or like sentences and phrases. Um, but I was gonna say um, even with um japanese in like uh commentary there still was quite a bit of english and you can you can actually quite tell what's going on like it's it's wrestling um there yeah. there would be a lot of interesting details that as like as a japanese speaker you are obviously um catching and as an english speaker you aren't um but uh i'm very excited to get that hd uh commentary with english in may or god knows when um and all i've seen all these graphics going up with like aw uh, with New Japan as well, and I'm very confused by those as well because they were all renders of like old shows that happened. So are they just streaming old shows on Wrestle Universe now? No. So on New Japan World, they've set up a new deal where there is commentary. They're going to put Japanese commentary over Dynamite and Rampage. Oh, awesome! And and that's that started a couple of weeks ago, and and awesome. I believe it's like it's weekly shows, like it's the the current weekly product. Uh, I want to say. They do other oh countries God. as well. I know India, Brazil. They do, but I'm saying yeah. they had New Japan wrestlers do the um, uh, do the the commentary. Oh my God! Someone in the chat's gonna kill me with this. Shingo, I think it was Shingo Takagi was doing commentary and, for this and Takagi, last event. 
yeah for the last event and it was uh, it was a lot of fun so uh for, for those who are getting it you can't get it in canada you'd have to find it by other means if you're outside of japan but it's available and it also bridges uh the gap a little bit closer between AEW new japan mm. and that kind of brings me to the conversation about tony khan's big announcement on wednesday I know nobody. Joel. Nobody likes announcements about announcements about announcements. About that announcements. is the most cursed graphic ever. Like anytime I see that cursed Tony Khan makes an announcement graphic, I get an instant like pressure headache like in my temples because like I work in media, I work in marketing, advertising. I used to work in film, TV. Dude, just do a press release. Just do a press release or just do the announcement. Like you're just. Oh. And yeah, hopefully it's some Japan stuff. I hope it's a Japan announcement. I hope to. Sounds. Guys. Sounds very much like they're going to do that. And mm -hmm. you know what? If it's going to hurt you. In Chicago. There we go. Just, oh! I, I'm going to toss this up every week now. Oh. Just, so, just so you know it's I there. Am... Here, I'll do the uh, 90210 headache pose. <laughs> Perfect. Anyway, so uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a New Japan NAW event, which if that's true, amazing. Super Jcast had brought that up. Um and and it's a, there are some big expectations here. And usually when Tony does the whole announcement thing, it's uh, lately it's it's hit. So I guess we're gonna find out. But uh, if it's a super show between AEW New Japan, um, I don't expect it to be like this incredible. Oh my god! All the champions are gonna mm -hmm. face each other. But I think there'll be some really good tag matches and some good uh, you know singles matches. You could have done Tanahashi and Mox at that event, for example. But mm -hmm. instead, it's uh, I think it's very much a New Japan match. And a New Japan story that they'll tell with those two. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know like where to go with this because I'm still just like getting over all the matches I watched. I just, I just love that this opens the door for more New Japan events to happen because I think a lot of people are gonna sink so much emotion and investment into like, oh, this is like the New Japan AEW debut, and they're gonna be like, this is the craziest thing ever. And it might not be. I think it will be an incredible event. But I think the more important takeaway here is that this is now creating a start to like more Japanese talent coming over, maybe ending up in Impact, maybe ending up in GCW, maybe ending up in ROH. Like, there's so much stuff now happening. Um, I, I'm going to say that I'm going to have lower expectations for this, um, AEW new Japan first event because it's a learning curve. It's like the first time you like play a show or do a photo shoot or whatever. It's, it's awkward. Um, yeah. so I am a little worried because I'm like very like almost protective of like Japanese wrestling and feel like it really deserves that like extra attention to detail and honor and respect because that's kind of what it's all about. Um, whereas American style wrestling, it's still serious, especially ROH. Um, but it's a little bit more like goofy and like carnival-y. So I just hope it goes well. I'm seeing the chat kind of tossing out some ideas and, and they're good ideas. You know, Punk versus Tanahashi is a good match. Mm -hmm. Danielson versus Okada is an interesting match that I would enjoy. I have Maki Ito. Yeah, like Maki Ito doesn't fall under the, the New Japan banner, right? Because that's... Oh, she's DDT, yeah. She's DDT, yeah. She's Tokyo yeah. Joshi Pro versus... Uh, stardom so we'd have to bring over some women from stardom to do starlight kid properly. or something yeah yeah exactly uh but the idea of danielson and okada i would actually do maybe um blackpool combat club against mm. members of chaos and i would get yuta involved yeah like you do do a six man with danielson mox and yuta against mm -hmm. okada and two uh, it could be hiromu and 
whoever from chaos. I'm also not up on who's in what faction in, in New Japan these days, but um, you can do something like that. Have the House of Evil versus Best Friends. Ooh. You're welcome. <laughs> That's a torture. <laughs> That'd be absolutely anyway, incredible. Let's get let's let, let's finish up here with Impact Talk uh, because there was so much going on. The main event, I loved it. Jonah versus PCO. They just beat the shit out of each other. PCO just seems like such a like lovely man. And he did this spot. You'll maybe know, maybe with chat will know, but he died. And then he was brought back to life on a stretcher. And I like almost peed my pants. I just love PCO. I love Jonah. Um, I'm so happy that they're both like everywhere right now, like making that money, getting over. Um, and PCO is a Canadian Frankenstein. So you got to love him. And the man is ageless. He, he looks yeah. great for his age. He's in his bumps too. Yeah, insane. And him mm -hmm. and Jonah continue to put on great matches. Jonah, by the way, was part of the Windy City Ride event for New Japan. Yeah. Another guy who's just having a, a, an amazing resurgence since his release from WWE. One of the few who have really found out what it's like to be a star outside of, you know, the WWE bubble. Uh, Can I go on a little ramble? Yeah, sure. Why not? So don't we're be talking racist about... Now. Oh, yeah. So, so the thing about the Jews is... <laughs> That's right. Um... So Morrissey, Impact, comes back. He does this speech about, you know, having a seizure due to, like, alcohol withdrawal at the same venue, right? Um, and now he's back. He's clean. He's sober. And I was very moved by that. Um, from, like, a human perspective, I think um, it's so important for people to be open about that. And we have amazing men like Eddie Kingston um, kind of opening up about mental health or John Moxley opening up about um, battling your demons with addiction and now Morrissey as well. Um, you can love or hate him as a performer, but to to do that takes balls, um, especially for men. Um, I know that um, a lot of men just suppress that stuff and just, you know, toughen it up. Um, so to see dudes that are tough, that are taking these crazy bumps and bleeding and sweating and dying on TV, um, have a moment of humility and just real human emotion, um, I think is really cool. Um, and people can shit on impact for, you know, it, it's, it's a ugly looking product on the surface, but it's an amazing company. They have amazing talent. Um, and they just seem to be really good people. I will echo your sentiments about William Morrissey, W Morrissey. Um, there was a long time after his WWE release where he was dealing with a lot of stuff, a lot of negativity, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of substance abuse issues. When I saw that promo, him talking about the last time he was at 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, um, the, everything that you talked about, I was I was moved because mm -hmm. most of the time, Morrissey's been portrayed as this heel in Impact. And now they've started this turn because people are slowly starting to come around and realize that W. Morrissey is a much better wrestler in 2022 mm -hmm than he was even three years ago. when he Even when he showed up in, in Impact, uh, now is an opportunity for him to continue to make amends, to continue to grow, and to become a better wrestler. And for him to be out there and honest and open about his struggles, it's a big deal. That's it. And it's not just being used as a babyface trope, but no. it certainly accentuated his character and the story, and it tied everything together. There was a lot of people uh, talking about how the 2300 Arena and ECW meant something to them. Because the mm. whole Honor No More Bullet Club promo, as long as it was, 
it still included a lot of history there. Matt Taven talking about having his first match in, in 2300 Arena, talking about how Ring of Honor was born out of the closure of ECW. You had the Bullet Club come out and kind of stake their claims to, to Philadelphia as well. And it was just a really good, albeit long promo uh, that, that set a good, a good pace. And I enjoyed that. And sometimes you need a, a good long promo to kind of set the tone and set the story. And I mean, as long as you deliver, which I think they did, it's fine. Um, and I really enjoyed Willow and Diana as well. And I hope yes. to see I hope to see both those women um, walk the bridge over into uh, AEW and start causing so many issues with the women there because I think that it will really invigorate a lot more plot lines and it will just kind of like kick the women into gear to kind of like bump a little harder, go a little faster and really develop um, as individual performers and characters because I'm not here to shit on anyone. Like at the end of the day, wrestling is subjective and this show isn't about like, let's talk about matches we hate it. Um, we're here to talk about what we liked and things that we don't like and how they can, you know, maybe be better in the future. Um, and I'm just so excited um, for Willow Nightingale and, and Gianna just continues to dominate like absolutely yeah. dominate. Um, and she's someone that I watch and study um, a lot. So I really want to see her in AEW. I know Britt Baker and her have been, you know, talking and talking. So I think that would be a really, really good matchup. Well, Britt, Britt and uh, Deanna have been friends for years. So that's that's always helpful. Uh, I also want to put over Tom Hannafin and Matthew Raywalt as a commentary team because one thing they said going into that to the uh, the Ring of Honor Women's Championship match, the the Champ Champ match, was how Willow had challenged before Mercedes Martinez at Supercard mm. of Honor, and this was an opportunity for her to maybe win Diana's Ring of Honor Championship and set up a rematch between Mercedes Martinez and Willow instead of Diana Prazo and Willow or, and. Uh, and Mercedes Martinez down the line. So they 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 were plugged into the products. They were putting over the right things. Again, yep. when, when English com when, when commentary, period, tells the story well, it gets me invested to the characters. Um, also, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing with Decay trying to get at uh, Tasha Steele's. I'm enjoying this Knockouts Women's Championship uh, build. There's some good stuff going on here. Yeah, and Tasha's like continuing to like change up her look and like add in new moves to all of her different matches. She's getting really good with all these like backstage like cinematic-y promo bits. I really liked the uh, Dresselmania bit where you got to see Gail Kim go in some of her classic iconic looks. Um, yeah. There's a lot of amazing things going on, um, on and not just the women's division. The whole company has so much going on. Um, and I guess like I'm a impact mark, but so be it. The main event for Impact, uh, Rebellion, it's coming up Ooh. this Sunday. It's Josh Alexander, who is one of our local guys. He's going to take on Moose for the Impact World Championship. This is a match that's had about six months almost worth of build. Uh, Put the damn belt on Josh already. It's time. It's time. And you know what? A lot of people got upset with me back in October when I called the whole Moose is going to win the Call Your Shot gauntlet. Josh is going to win the the Impact World Championship. And then mm. Moose is going to call a shot that night and win the title, blah, blah, blah. Um I didn't expect it to, to go on this. Actually, I expected it to go on a little longer, but I think they played it out long enough that it's time for Josh Alexander to beat Moose, who has been dominant for the last little while as Impact Champion, and mm -hmm. really start the push for Josh Alexander. New championship, uh, a new uh, new championship title reign, uh, new contract, and just a renewed sense of character for Josh Alexander. He's mm -hmm. not just the guy who kicks people's ass. 
including his family. And it actually helped uh, kind of expand on the Josh Alexander character a bit more. And I appreciated that. That spear his wife took was awesome from Moose Nuts. the other day. Yeah, absolutely crazy. And they, and they happened yeah. uh, that happened at Destiny Wrestling in Mississauga here hey. in, in Ontario. So there you go. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Impact Rebellions this uh, Sunday, April 23rd, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, go catch it. it it's going to be a fun show. Y'all have to go watch it. Impact is good. Impact is fun. We swear. It actually is. Uh, the Fatal 4-Way was really good, too. Which one? Uh, who was in the Fatal 4-Way again, babe? Savannah oh, yeah. Savannah Evans. Oh. Inspiration. Influence. Influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, That was yeah. from... Um, yeah, from, from a few shows ago. And, and, and Rosemary, yeah. Rosemary was doing all types of crazy spooky things in that. It was uh, yeah. it was really good. Go Women anyway. are really enjoying um, just tackling each other lately, just like line back, like style, like tackling each other. And I'm so here for it. Seems to be the way. Let's go tackle our way out of here. We got to, we got to get, we got to go home. We got to do right. our thing. I'm going to go Lily. hang out with, with Naomi. <laughs> there you go. Lily, where can the people find you on the internet? Find me at Lily Z on Twitter. Um, and then once you're there, you can find pretty much all my other socials. I have the same name everywhere. And uh, yeah, leave me a leave me a hello anywhere you want to. Drop a thumbs up here over at Bible Overbooked and on this video. And if you're listening in the audio realm, drop us a five-star review. It gets us a little bit closer to getting your friends in our ears and in your ears and sharing this whole stuff around. We appreciate you all for tuning in every week with Graps or with well, not Grapsity. This is Grapsity. Wow. <laughs> Buddy, I am tired. Uh, let's get out of here. I'm at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. Enjoy your time. We'll see you next time. Have a good night. Be nice. Watch wrestling.